Sing with them. Wouldn't that have been good? Right. Right. Um, I'm going to do something that, that, uh, that I probably have never done before. I may end early. <laughs> It'll never happen. Um, Jeremy looked over at me, and he, he just stopped singing in the middle of singing. He says, no iPad? I said, nope, got the original stuff here, original stuff. Um, I want you to pray about something. Well, one, just give you a little update. I was at the hospital all afternoon uh, with my brother John, and it seemed to be, he seemed to be stable. They're going to be running some more tests. Uh, I don't totally understand it, this AFib, but not AFib because it's in a top part, portion of the heart. I guess if it's the bottom portion of the heart, it can be life-threatening, but if it's in the top portion of the heart, it's not, and his appears to be in the top portion of the heart. Uh, so anyway, they, they're going to be trying medication. If not, it may have to be a heart catheterization. Uh, so, um, but that's that. And then pray about this. Uh, you know, we've got a a couple that's still planning to move here in July, uh, and sometime later in July, and they're they're coming in. I'll mention that about them probably in just a few minutes. But uh, we just had another couple that visited our church uh, a couple weeks ago, and the Coleman's, and they have just called me and said, um, uh, called yesterday, and they're asking to, if we could, uh, if there's okay, if they came back on April the ninth. And just spend a Sunday with us and, you know, just to be participate in everything that we do. And uh, they're going to be staying at our house. But uh, um, they're considering moving here to be with us also. So, uh, so that's a real blessing. I just want you to, to pray about that. Well, you saw this. It's a long passage that we, that we read. There's a lot of things in the passage. And if I got to bro- breaking down the passage, we wouldn't get out of here uh, shortly. We would be long. But... Uh, verse 18 says, therefore shall you lay up these my words in your heart and in your soul and bind them for a sign upon your hand that they may be as frontlets between your eyes and you shall teach them your children, speaking of them when thou sittest in thine house, when thou walkest by the way, when thou liest down, when thou risest up and thou shalt write them upon the doorpost of thine house and upon thy gates. Uh, the Lord makes a challenge before he's talking, verse 13, that diligently unto the, you know, to teach the commandments. And he comes here and he's saying, you, you teach them all the time, every, every opportunity you have to your, to your children. Then he goes into the latter part of it and he just, he gets finally down to the end. And he said, you know, uh, I, I'm going to present you a blessing and a, and a curse, a blessing if you obey the commandments. And you know, you can't obey something you don't know. And so he said, you know, you've got to teach them to your children so they can obey them. And he says, so, uh, you know, it's going to be a blessing if you obey them and a curse if you don't. And so just really what it comes down to. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to talk tonight uh, about this. So just really, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw out some prayer requests tonight. It's going to be kind of a unique message, uh, but I'm going to throw out some prayer requests tonight. And in doing that, I'm going to preach a little bit of a message about them. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you bless. Holy Spirit, God, I it's been a busy day, been a busy week, Lord. I pray that you just clear my mind and guide my mind and direct me. Spirit of God, I yield myself to thee and ask you, please, please uh, fill me with thy spirit, with thy presence, and, and please guide my thoughts as I, as I preach 
tonight. I need you desperately today. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to pray about some things. Number one, I want you to pray about our, our bus ministry. I want you to pray about our bus. We got uh, our third bus running. Actually, the fourth bus is running. We won't know if it's really runnable for about another month. Uh, some things that have to be done to, to check that out. But we got a third bus that's up and running. And as far as I know, we've got uh, basically everything on all three of those buses ready to go except a couple of tires on that third bus. We've got to get some things done on that. But pray about that because we want to, we want to reach more people. Amen. We want, we want to get more on our buses, but we want to get another bus on the road. We want a thrill to have a third bus in case even right now that if maybe one of our buses for some reason doesn't start, doesn't run, that we've got a backup. Amen. That, I, I love having a backup. But I want you to pray for our bus ministry. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the reason uh, why I want you to pray for these things. But, but, you know, one of the reasons is we just want to reach more people. We want to see more lives changed. I want you to pray for our junior church. I want you to pray for our junior church because the more people we reach on the buses, uh, that'll mean more young people in our junior church. And, and uh, we, need to, we need all the help we can get there. We need wisdom for the future about our own school. We need wisdom about, uh, you know, we had it up till, till December and then uh, first semester. And this semester we, we don't have the school. But we've got to decide whether next fall we're going to have the school and in all honesty, we've got more people coming in. Uh, one couple that's coming in, uh, the, the, the wife is, is a kindergarten, primary kindergarten teacher, and, uh, and they really, she really wants to teach, and, and uh, it's a terrible way to put it, but, but I've told them over and over again, I'm not sure, you know, where we're gonna, what we're going to be able to do financially, and they really just, please, she just wants to be able to teach. And I said, well, you know, that's really the age that we're, we've got them coming in right now. We've got that young age that are coming, coming in, and, and uh, that would be a blessing if we could uh, do that. But the whole school, what, what do we do about that? I got a call yesterday, and, and, uh, and I don't think Amy's in here, but Jeremy can help me remember this. Got a call from another pastor nearby, and they've got a bunch of books, curriculum, I guess, and they want to know if there's something we can use. And I got to have her call because I don't have a clue, and so uh, I got to get get back to them. So, I mean, the Lord's doing something. He's, he's brought, brother, uh, you know, the fact that our buses, you know, it really, was, it really wasn't a major fix on the third bus. And so, uh, the fact that we're getting those up and running, I think the Lord's in that. I think the fact that the God may be sending us some people to help us do the work, that's what we've been praying for. Pray you, therefore, the harvest, you know, send forth laborers. I think we need to pray about how many buses to run. Uh, in order to run buses, you've got to have drivers. In order to have drivers, you've got to have CDLs. In order to run buses, you've got to have workers. Amen. Amen. I don't know exactly what Brother Storm preached about, but I just have a sneaking feeling he preached something about the bus ministry. Okay? And uh, I think that's uh, it's a great challenge. I think it's, and look, folks, you know, I know, look, just like we're staying here when most people are not staying here, we're running buses when most people are not running buses. We're, gonna, we're just going to keep doing, uh, look, if, I love it when nobody, I love doing something nobody else wants to do. I love going up to Great Lakes Naval Base when, when everybody says, man, every other church is like, we keep getting shut down. I love going up there because, you know what, go ahead and try to shut us down. I told them one time, I sat there and told the admiral one time, I met with him and every top man on that base, and he looked at me and said, you can't come here. And I said, yes, I can 
And he said, what do you mean? I said, look, he said, you can't solicit here. I said, when you stop all the other solicitation on his base, when you kick McDonald's off the base, when you take their McDonald's sign off of it, when the taxi can't come on here anymore with their sign, and when Bud Riser can't come out here and set up tables, then I'll stop coming. I'll say, I'll see you Saturday. You know what? Because nobody else, they said, how do you keep going? I kept going. That's how you do it. You just keep going. I got that hard-headedness from the hooker side of the family. Amen? You don't have your hearing aids in, do you? You didn't hear that, did you? Okay. Now, but we, we got to keep, we got to keep doing it because look, we, we, we had a good group. I don't know how many we had in junior church. We had a pretty good crowd today, Brother Vince. We had, we had a lot more boys in there than we had been having. We had a good crowd of girls and good crowd of boys. We had a bigger group in there. And look, I expect it to just keep building. We're going to have a big day on April the 9th. You know, isn't it amazing? The, the, the Coleman, uh, they, they asked if they could come April the 9th. That's our big day. Praise the Lord. I said, you sure can. We'll put you to work. Amen? Immediately. So uh, we need to pray about uh, our buses and w- drivers and workers. We need to pray about our junior church workers and son- soul winners and teachers because the more kids you get, the more workers and teachers you got to have. And so... We need to pray about our school, whether to have it this fall. And we need to pray about teachers and students and our kindergarten, as I mentioned. There's a lot of things to pray about. Now, why is this so important? Well, of course, you know, number one, souls need to be saved. Amen? And, uh, you know, it's wonderful to have those three little girls that came forward today. And and, uh, and I love the way that's structured. You know, we get brand new ones in. Uh, and rather than just sitting with all the crowd, we have a little class for them and Girls' class and the boys' class, and, and they get the gospel. And it's a wonderful thing for them to get that. But, but as I taught, I was taught a long time ago, salvation is more than being saved. So why are we doing this? I want to win everybody we can, but salvation is more than being saved. And one of these days, I'm going to just get a whole bunch of those books and bring them in here. It's written by my, by my preacher, Brother Howes. And he, he said, salvation is more than being saved. Now, the premise of the whole book is that it's not, look, you want to get them saved, but salvation is salvaging a saved life. There's a lot of people saved that are, their lives are being destroyed. And so we want to salvage saved lives. That's why it's, it's, it's the bus ministry is very important that we can reach souls, but then we salvage those souls that we reach. And, and we, we have a junior church, so we can reach them, but we salvage those souls. Now, why is this so important? It's a real simple message tonight, and honestly, I'm just going to read you some things. But some time ago, I did a little bit of a, just a research, a study of what the children that we, we reach on the bus ministry, what they're, what they're being taught five days a week. What are the children being taught? What are the one day, God willing and God help us, we're, we're going to be, I want to get something started to to University of Memphis. And what are they being taught, though, and how can we salvage them? And, and this is, all this is really is information to, to help us understand why it's so important that we reach them and we teach them is vital. You can listen to this. In our school system and in our, in our universities, they have what they call, their, their system of teaching is called values clarification. 
Now, this is a program that encourages our children to doubt, distrust, and eventually deny biblical values that they were taught. This program wants the student to choose their own ideas, their own beliefs, and here's the key statement, their own value system. Every student is to choose, they want them to choose their own value system. There's a Dr. Simon that wrote this. He said, we do not need any more preaching about right and wrong. The old thou shalt not simply are not relevant. Values clarification is a method for teachers to change the values of children without getting caught. This is what they, I mean, this is right out there in the public. You can read about it. And they're pretty brass about it. They, they put it right out there to you. A teacher's manual for a junior high stated this, the development of values must be seen as a lifelong process which recognizes the changing circumstances rather than a fixed set of unyielding principles. Do you understand what that means? Situation ethics. It means that... He says, rather than reacting to a predetermined fixed moral code, youngsters may be encouraged to develop a self-determined value system. This is what they're being taught. This, of course, means there's no absolute truth. This would negate the Bible, the Constitution, the laws of the land, and parental authority. This system. And here's the problem. Most of us don't even know that that's, you know, until I studied it, I didn't even know that this is a system that's been enacted in our school system, and, and it's been going on for quite some time. This is, their, this is their really baseline thrust of what they're trying to do, values clarification. A secular history book states this, Protestant evangelists, continued to crisscross the land attempting to revitalize the old religion. Now, it's saying, and they're talking about in this history book, saying right now, this present history, it says Protestant evangelists continued to crisscross the land attempting to revitalize the old religion, the old culture. They preached the old values, the old standards, the old-time religion, but now they represent a waning culture. Well, they may be raining, but we're still going to preach it. We're still going to teach it. And now, this is why it's so important that we reach these young people because they are being, if there is a hope of them surviving the world system that they're in, we've got to, in one day, in one day, in a few hours in a day, somehow we've got to transfer into their mind through the power of the Holy Spirit a, a biblical worldview into their mind. Amen. Because all week long and through the sitcoms and through the TVs and through the music and through the educational system, they've had a, a secular worldview put into their mind. And this is what's been put into their minds. We have the opportunity to affect them. Look, what I'm saying is we have an opportunity to give them some hope. We have an opportunity to make a difference in some young person's life. 
And we wonder sometimes, uh, we may get frustrated the way they act. And honestly, a lot of churches don't have bus ministry anymore because they don't act right. Well, listen, that's why we're here. We might be able to teach them. We might be able to help them. We might be And you say, will we reach them all? I talked to uh, Shannon Foote down in Louisiana, and I said, you know, we want to we get something, and, and I'm trying to work on something to try to help reach our teen, our bus teens, and, and keep them. And he looked at me, and he said, Brother Hooker, he said, help me. He said, we've got all kinds of programs for them. And he said, we, we don't keep one out of 100. But watch this. He said, we have three in our church. And his church runs about 220, 225. And they've been around a long time. He said, we have three in our church presently. There were bus teens that stayed and are still in church. But listen to me. I didn't think of that as a negative. I thought, bless God, they got three. Do you understand? That's three kids that their lives might be salvaged. That's three young people that might make it. they got to have some hope. Somebody's got to give them truth somewhere and give them hope. All of that has not been a, not the effect of values clarification is to drive, here's what they write. Now, this is what the, the world writes. The effect of values clarification is to drive a wedge between the parent and the child. Child and authority and between the child and his religious beliefs. The U.S. House of Representatives Judiciary Committee wrote this. Out of that committee, here's what came. Behavior modification a significant part of restructuring our schools, school children will be trained to be politically correct, to be unbiased, to understand diversity, and to accept alternative lifestyles. Now, this doesn't mean that you don't love people, but they're saying you got to accept. I, I just, just today, and I didn't bring it in here, but as I was looking at this, and do, that North Carolina just voted down, they were, they were bringing in this year, sneaking it in, and it, it was in grade school, a book teaching, it's, it's called, I think, Johnny or whatever, you know, whatever the male name was, Johnny's First Dress. And the whole book's about Johnny now deciding to wear a dress and pictures of Johnny in a dress, and it's like first and second grade. Already, according to George Barna Research Institute, 71% of Americans reject the concept of ab- absolute truth. And most every kid that walks, rides on those buses coming in here, he has no concept that there is an absolute truth. That's why we, my wife has worked diligently. And, and what we're doing, it, what she's done, and, and, and it, she's honestly just, y'all don't know how many hours she spends on these Sunday school lessons and and junior church and the puppet show and and Sally scientist and 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 uh, and the teen skit all these things they all teach the same thing. So when we went through the Ten Commandments, when they came into Sunday school from Sunday school all the way through junior church, that commandment was 
just pounded and pounded and pounded into them. You say, why is this so important? Because they've got to walk away understanding there's a statement of absolute truth. Here's the sad thing. Only 61% of born-again, quote, born-again Christians accept the, con- the concept of absolute truth. Why? It's what we've been taught. That's the whole movement. There is no absolute truth. Truth is what you want it to be. Hey, Dr. Pierce, I won't give his first name. I'm not sure I can pronounce it, but it's professor of education and psychology at Harvard. That's scary just right in itself. But said every child in America entering school, listen to this now, every child in America entering school at the age of five is mentally ill. You hear what he just said? Every child in America entering school at the age of five is mentally ill because he comes to school with certain allegiances to our founding fathers, toward elected officials, toward his parents, toward a belief in a supernatural being, and toward the sovereignty of this nation as a separate entity. Here's what he says. It is up to you as teachers to make all these sick children well by creating the international child of the future. Now, this is not about, you know, Christian school, public school. It's it's really not about that. It's really not. What it's about, it's about what we can do to help the children that we can reach. That's what it's really about. That's, that's, as I went through this, I thought, Lord, we've got to win everybody we can, Brother Bob, but, but it's so much greater a job than that. You, you know, we've, Miss Kent, you, you, I just think about you, 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 wanna, you want every one of those people that are struggling that you work with to get saved. But don't you want to make a difference in their life beyond that? My, my, my son-in-law up there running the RU home, uh, man, I mean, who are these people? Most everyone that comes in are saved, but watch this. It's, it's much more than that. It's giving his life to some men that need their lives salvaged. And this, our nation is full of even Christians that need to be salvaged. It's up to us, it's up to the family and to the church to make sure these children are taught truth. For truth will make them free. And listen, truth will inoculate them against the sickness of humanism. He wants to say they're sick? No. He's passing sickness to them. Sickness of humanism, which is being perpetrated against them. Said it'd be short. I didn't lie tonight. The decision tonight is simply, what I'm asking tonight is, will you join me in praying? Praying for our bus kids. Praying for our junior church kids. Praying for our own children. 
because our own children are growing up in a world where they are bombarded with everything I just read. You say they go to a Christian school, every place they go, everything that they listen to walking through the mall is bombarding them with this philosophy. Praying for our bus kids, praying for our junior church kids, praying for our, our children, praying for our school, and praying that God will lead us and give us wisdom that we might reach and make a difference in lives of young people. And, and when I walk over there, I look at them and, and I think, this is just when it struck me, and, and it's one of the reasons that I, I believe Joe Beth has continued to work so hard, and we've tried, and we've gone in there and, and, and tried to decorate it, make it things for the junior church. Why is so much effort, and why is so much energy, and why did we put, honestly, a lot of money into that building over there? One of the first things we did is, is try to, you know, get it painted and get the carpets clean and get things done and, and redecorate. Why was it so important? And Joe Beth went in one day here. We hadn't been here very long. She walked in and she said, you know, we need to have a name for our junior church. So she went to the little, little guys in junior church. And she said, what should we call our junior church? And several of them said, the family. Can you call it the family? You know what that did? I realized these little girls and these little boys feel like this is more home to them than where they got to go back. You know, family is where you're loved. Family is where you're accepted. Family is where you're cared about. And these little ones said, can we call it the family? So would you pray with me about it? Especially pray that I have wisdom. Wisdom to know how to do it. That all I'm doing right now worrying Brother Bob to death, I'm trying to get things fixed and I'm trying to think, get things ready because I just keep believing if we get stuff ready and if we get stuff fixed and if we get stuff running and we get, that God will send us people to do it. I just believe He will. And the truth is, a little bit He is. He's doing it. He's sending us people. Would you pray for our bus kids, for our junior church kids, for our own children, for our school? I think we can make a difference. I really do. Father, I pray that you'd bless.